Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations, where we invite our hosts and guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. This season, we're also looking forward to engaging more with our audience, hearing your enlightened views, and answering questions and topics you would like us to weigh in on. Today's episode is hosted by Michelle Lightworker. Hi, everyone. It's Michelle Lightworker here, and welcome to Season 5 of Enlightened Conversations 2023. I'm super excited to have on board a wonderful being of amazing truth, light, and extreme abundance of love, Tessa Alexis Sanford. Hi. <laughs> Hi. It's so great to have you on board. And um, I, for those of you who don't know Tessa, she she is doing some incredible uh, things in the movement of leadership. She um, has been an incredibly inspiring person for people to speak up, tell their stories and speak their truth, and has worked in psychology for a number of years. And I'll just formally introduce her so that you've got an idea on what she's about and, and where she's come from and a little bit of her background. So... Tessa is the founder of the Institute of Open-Hearted Psychology and Unspoken Global. And during her career, Tessa attained her first-class honours in psychology in 2011 and specialised in holistic wellbeing interventions, trauma assessments and staff development. She's completed additional studies in nutritional medicine, emotional regulation and the neurobiology of complex and developmental trauma and worked with the fields of child protection, early intervention, mental health, domestic violence, alternative education, and with asylum seekers and refugees. And Tessa left her decade-long career in social welfare uh, sector in 2016 when she became increasingly disillusioned with our systems of care and, and modern psychological approaches to mental health and overall well-being. So Tessa's most recent innovation is her grassroots social movement and early intervention mental health initiative, Unspoken Community Events, um, and they celebrate the courageous storytelling to cultivate courageous communities. She's also working with leaders in open-hearted uh, psychology um, and encouraging that leadership to rise to a whole new level. So welcome, Tessa. Beautiful, amazing. Thank you. Taking that all in. Thank you so much. I know it's, it's kind of, um, it's interesting, isn't it, when somebody kind of, reads back to us all the things that that we've done because I know like when we put together our bios and stuff like that uh it's often a while ago and you know we just flick it to people and then oh wow I have done a lot haven't I (laughs) exactly and I think like it's such an adventure you know it's been having that you know that's taken years and years right like you know yeah. Our, our bios are a snapshot, but like it's that whole adventure is so messy. I know. <laughs> it's so lovely how it all just fits all nicely into like, and this is what it all meant, and this is what I've created out of that mess, you know. I know, right? And it's it's interesting because oh, like that's the abridged version. Like we could go on and on. Like that's you know the abridged version, and um, I think the essence of it is, and the impulse behind your bio is very much reflective of you you being in touch with what you feel is right and um, is a good um, intention for the community moving forward to evolve the community. And so, you know, it's not just about, um, oh, I've done this, I've got honours in psychology and I'm working as a psychologist and I'm doing this. It's more saying, hang on a second, what's working and what doesn't work? And what, you, what you're doing is that, that pure intention of really finding things that actually work and make a difference. That's, that's, that's what I get from your bio. I love that yeah absolutely I think that is that's at the core of what 
as you said, yeah, the pulse that kind of inspires me to create is really comes from that pain points of and frustration for myself uh, of our systems not providing quality care to other humans, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, if you've worked as a helping professional or experienced being in the system in any way and for health, you know, it's, we know it's super challenging. You know, there's a lot of amazing people who work in that field and yet the yes. system itself is just so challenging for true well-being. you know? And okay. so, yeah, it was really from that place of desiring better care, you know, there's always the annoying employee at every job that I went to, you know, all through my social welfare career of like, we can do better, but it has to be better. Like, can't we do better? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and kind of always searching for that. And uh, initially, like, my managers would just love and adore me um, because they're like, yes, like, yes, like, so inspired. And, you know, let's create new systems and let's do this and let's try this. Um, but then, of course, everyone was so burnt out that over time everyone just got more and more burnt out, but I was still banging on in every team meeting, like, let's do better. (laughs) You know, why don't we try it from this angle? And I was burnt out as well, but I just have always had that drive of like, this doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense, you know, how we're doing things and how we're, and even like psychology didn't fully make sense to me in the way it's taught. Um, How we provide care didn't make sense to me. So all of those frustrations and the pain points and feeling I didn't fit in anywhere has been the greatest blessings because it's yeah. like spaces and have conversations and create new ways that, yeah, that, yeah, as you said, like, yeah, to really explore what does work, what can work. Yeah. And like I, I operate my, I have operated my life on spiritual assignments basically since 2005, like it's been like, that's how I live. And so I've, I've to relate a lot to what you're talking about because of my what's happened when I was a clinical counsellor helping I was doing supervision for counsellors psychologists would come to me to get their hours up for you know for their professional supervision right so I I was doing that and 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 seeing a lot of difference from the alternative methods I would use um in my practice and I thought then that's how it evolved into education for me but then after a short period of time um uh well not short period of time nine years um I I then ended up in child safety and I I saw the front line of how there were so many enlightened people in there stifled by a systemic problem of how things are run that it literally worked its way it was like counterintuitive like it that the way things were set up suppressed people's intuition to the point where I think part of the burnout would have been depression, like that sort of low-grade chronic depression where people go, it's hopeless, like mm-hmm. we can't change anything, we really can't do anything. It's that that sort of mentality where you just get up and go to work and go, mm-hmm. you know, I just, it's just not going to make a difference. And it's quite hard to watch that because in the soul of these people, it's I want to make a difference. And so it's kind of interesting, like to have gone through all that and then come back out there after five years and then gone into more of this stuff that I'm doing now for a number of years, probably about seven years, and then go back out there into HR for four years and bring back what's not working there. I've, I've done a little bit of this um, and I've realised we're all in the one stream even though people think there are two streams. It's just there's there's barriers that have been put in place in certain structures but people are, 
I think with COVID as well, they're really realising that these barriers are in place and there's more people empowerment to speak up, you know, to, to say, hey, um, you know, this isn't working. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I love, you know, I've, and I've loved our past conversations on this kind of, yeah, system level because um, I think I've seen, uh, you know, kind of, fell into not really fell into I did dive into the coaching industry seven years ago after all those frustrations with the system and feeling this like freedom you know and going from a place of a lot of red tape to an industry with no no tape no tape at all yeah no tape yes you know so it's like Mm. this freedom to create what we can create however what I've seen is like the other side where everyone's on this healing journey uh and if you know we've got this like now a uh, new multi-billion dollar industry in coaching and personal development and self-help and, and, and kind of spiritual development. Um, and what I saw was that there's a, like people can reach a, a point of fulfillment within themselves, yet unless we kind of integrate these worlds, like you said, they're not actually separate, but we kind of go off into this healing journey and kind of want to stay there because it feels too painful to come back down here. But it's, we can never, there's a level of fulfillment we won't fully reach because we're not here to go, you know, run away to Bali or live in log cabin somewhere. Like um, maybe some of us are, but ideally we came here to, you know, to be on earth and, and to enjoy this place. So it's like, well, what can we do with all this information, with this, I want to say luxury of healing. And I know that sounds crazy because healing is very confronting and hard but it is I feel like a privilege to be able to do that healing path like it's not available to everyone at the moment I think I think you're right like because you know you've worked with so many disadvantaged populations and you've seen like the bare basics sometimes are just like saying like working in child protection it's like um do they have shoes do they have you know it's just like you know the emotional components almost left behind and and it shouldn't be like it's it's not shouldn't just be a privilege but um, often, you know, if we're dealing with those um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you've got the basics at the bottom, it's like, you know, it's, it's almost like I always like to turn it upside down. <laughs> Let's get enlightened so that we can, <laughs> so we can actually distribute more equality across needs. <laughs> saw this brilliant um, flip on that model once and I wish I had saved it because I, I can't credit it and I don't know what it's from and I would have loved to explore it more. It kind of flipped it, but it actually had... Um, on the bottom was instead of self-actualization, community actualization. Oh, so I really like that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Our thriving is linked, like our, our survival is linked to, you know, everyone else's survival mm-hmm. and our thriving is linked to everyone else's thriving. Yeah. yeah. And it, it took, takes it away from the very westernized. It's still about me. Yeah. 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 So I really love that. And I really feel that you know in, in terms of this and that's where my work's really been centered on with like you know the the um, creation of unspoken is how do we integrate all these worlds you know how do I feel like I've worked in you know psychology and social welfare and community and uh, education and coaching and business you know how does all that come together you know because they all are uh, great but you know the essence of psychology gets to work through all of them and uh yeah and, and how do we mm, not be part of the problem in terms of like live kind of this fragmented existence or kind of disconnected or um 
separate, I guess, where it's just about this healing journey, not actually bringing all that beautiful healing and alternative kind of solutions back into the places that need the most. And I think that's what really terrifies people. So I've had a lot of um, conversations recently with leaders saying like really uh, mm-hmm. admiring what I've done in the courage that's taken to like uh, kind of bring this kind of deeper level of healing into the community in a way it can be heard and received right yes. I think that's the thing like it's so mm-hmm. it's so complex and we start you know exploring multiverses and all the things but it's like mm-hmm. how do we actually create something you know within child protection within you know helping professions like within everyday life for humans because mm-hmm. we're all that's what we all are like to improve the quality of life for everyone like yeah how you know how can we do that how can we use our creativity to work together for yeah for that community actualization you know it's, it's interesting because i'm seeing this kind of almost like a um yeah it is it is a bit it, it is a little bit like that figure eight thing and it's almost like in order to self-actualize a community one needs to have some level of self uh, willingness on from individuals in the community to want to self-actualize and or even be along the road a little bit to self-actualization and it's kind of almost like it's I feel like this almost like a spiraling up thing going on where we are starting somewhere. Um, but like you said, you've spoken to a few leaders and they admire what you've done. And my sense is, is they're not there yet, but they're hoping, I think as a collective consciousness, we are actually starting to encourage that leadership to get there, like to put them in there when they're there, not wait till they get there while they're there, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that that's incredibly important in supporting a community because they're sort of got a lot of them have their hands on the purse. They have their hands on the distribution of resources. They, you know, they can say, yeah, it's kind of like, yes, they can say yes to all the cows come home, but unless the resources are provided, it's a little bit of a, hmm, how does that actually work? Like you're saying, how does that actually work? So I kind of, I like the, I think the thing I noticed about Unspoken was, um, in, in the eye of telling the story and telling, um, speaking our truth and speaking our um, storytelling and, and truth-telling, um, what comes out of that is that it engages the we or the community. So it's not just about, look at me, I'm talking, la, la, la. It's more about, okay, so this is my story. These are the holes in what happened. Then how can that point towards solutions and inviting those creative solutions from our community? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's it's every event so far has just been so deeply heartwarming, you know, mm-hmm. it is, you know, in the way the speakers share the story because they support them in their pathway and because and, it's once someone says yes to speaking at those events, they go through their own transformational process to either be the person who shares their story because these are everyday people share, you know, sharing, they've been on this, you know, a transformational journey, their hero's journey, and then now ready to like share it, right? It's like terrifying, um, you know, for them. Um, but yeah, the way they share it is in that structure of the hero's journey and the, where they were and where they've come from. And so that, that template within us just it's it's inspired you know it's, it's, oh. it inspires us right like it's a yeah that we'll draw on so it's just like so in so every much. like it's, you know i hear for everyone it's like um they'll say like i got something from every single speaker like i didn't think mm-hmm. i didn't know i would or i didn't think i would you know or like but it's always like just a piece of medicine from mm-hmm. everyone right it's like activating something within themselves um yeah We've always had a speaker that uh, we'll touch on 
or speak on uh, intergenerational trauma and and kind of moving through that and what that looks like, actually breaking the cycle and and you know hearing the real life stories of how women and men are doing this, how people are doing this, how families are shifting because of this. You know, not in a book, not in a yeah. Facebook post. You know, just from a real human it's just like this was hard this was messy I did this I came from this background and this is what you know what it looks like yeah. now like there's just something so healing um on so many levels like of what yeah what happens in those spaces so yeah. and it's not you know it's not a revolutionary idea sharing stories do you know what I mean like that it's it's oh. just it's you know oral, co- oral culture you know before <laughs> you know, communication came in, like that's obviously mm. deeply within us to, to share stories and learn from stories. Like to me, yeah. it's just a very natural form of evolution and mentoring and, mm. and love and support and, and understanding, you know, and when we have that understanding, compassion grows. It does. And more love grows because of yeah. that. So for me, that's that's a big part of of those nights and those events and and there's a whole kind of um, foundation and supports the sisterhood structure that will sit uh, underneath those events for people to tap into all the time um yeah because it's a it seems so simple but sharing our story getting it out somehow whether it's through writing first you know speaking the unspoken getting out that shame letting it be seen being honest with ourselves like the simplest things are like the most profound I feel and that that's like through all of my experience all of the bio all of the things like that's the piece that is most deeply healing like is the medicine like that is the pathway for love like being deeply honest with ourselves like being willing to express ourselves and be seen and loved for it mm. that's it 100 yeah absolutely and I, I i found that i found that a lot in because my journey was you know through an eating disorder and also being in a relationship with with a problem drinker and i was in Al-Anon. so i was in 12-step fellowships for like mm. a good 10 years before i even hit counseling training and all that and I found my healing there, like that a lot. I did a lot of other self-help stuff, but just telling my story, just hearing other people's story, right. so powerful, so powerful. Like, I mean, I lived for that. I, I I just went to thousands of meetings and just like it was my food. It was how do I remind myself that that I'm more than this eating disorder? How do I remind myself that I'm more than this situation that I'm in right now? How, and to hear the hope that would come out of those stories and it was so profoundly powerful um and to you know um in those situations you know like there's a there's um an anonymity and a um I guess you could say a um a, a respect for not interrupting like completely like no one would ever interrupt you like um it wasn't like some television shows do that whole thing that never happened um it was not allowed like you just literally are able to speak uninterrupted um which created a safety net like it really created like a a huge safety net and I I have like um a problem with some experiences that some people have had in situations where they have been you know unveiling pulling back the the um the pulling open the wound for everyone to see and and I have uh, like some problems with people like being shamed for it like or kind of coming in too hard like you know therapists when they come in too hard and we're looking at this what do you, you know, I don't know there's this energy behind you you know we need to fix this for you kind of energy rather than the reveal and potentially the support 
required there. So um, it'd be interesting to find out what how you guys do it, like, you know, because, um, yeah, I, I, I'm all against re-traumatising people, if you know what I mean, so. Yeah, for sure, yeah. And the, well, the medicine isn't that just being with the person, right? Yeah. And that's the, uh, that can come so naturally for some of us, but for others it's a skill. I think that, you know, and so it's understanding that and, um you know, I feel there's a yeah big upskilling in our emotional maturity as humans here. So I think, um, yes, there's uh, the medicine as the per- you know for us as humans to share um, our story. And of course, that's like who are we sharing to? Where it's ultimately a person who knows how to hold space, like who has a level of emotional maturity that they can just sit there with you in it, witness you, love you without trying to change, fix, do anything other than yeah. love you, right? Yeah, that's beautiful, yeah. Whether it's a therapist, whether it's a human, like my, the work I'm focusing on now, like I do work with some therapists, helping professionals and psychologists in one of my uh, programs and mentoring, which is really around um, expression and how they bring their unique expression, healing gifts into you yeah. know, the world and more tangibly but a lot of my work now is focused on uh, training mentors and mm-hmm. and so for me that's where I've kind of found myself at home between worlds you know where I didn't fit into the clinical world I just didn't like I didn't I didn't register with any boards like I didn't have enough qualifications to register and I didn't chase them or pursue them um, and the coach industry uh, I don't fully resonate with it mm-hmm. fully as well or, or the concept of the coach. I love coaches and I have coached like, you know, <laughs> for some people it's exactly what they're meant to be doing, right? But for me personally, either of them is not me and what I'm here to do. So mentoring and, of course, I'm all about true self-expression. So I love finding what is our true nature. And I guess I see how much, and you talk about, yeah, this uh, secondary re-traumatization and that's what I saw within the system, you know, uh, Mm. and you would have seen it all the time. Kids come with, or families, humans come with their primary trauma from their family experiences and upbringing. But then within the system, we would re-traumatize them uh, through all the issues, right? The funding and the this and the untrusting relationships and just the nature of that. Same yeah. happens in coaching. So there's great things about both of these industries and there's not so great things. Like I'm not angry at either, that just is. Um, but for me, I'm like, well, how did we evolve without these industries, right? Like we, we used to survive and evolve without them. Like what would happen if we actually took them away? Like how would we learn? How would we do the read? Like mm. when you strip that back, then we start looking at question. the village kind of model, mm-hmm. right, and yep. mentoring. And we see, you know, we'd, we'd look at elders and we'd look More at education. other adults, right, yeah, that would yeah. share. And how? Like through mm-hmm. storytelling, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> through like through, through practical experience right through yeah. like you know um yeah. so to me that the essence of that really excites me obviously as you feel mm-hmm. it to me um there's a couple of pieces to this what, what I realize is a lot of my clients over the years were you know very sensitive uh children and people and that really weren't supported earlier on in developing their unique gifts. And so they learned that their sensitivities was, of course, 
a burden and a huge pain, right? And I fully resonate with that myself, of course. And what was interesting when I started looking at, you know, villages and kind of other models and more traditional, you know, cultures, the what happens is that when a young person, and it happens usually in that you know, young adolescence phase, starts exhibiting signs of, you know, what we would what we would call mental health issues, but just of sensitivities maybe it's hearing voices maybe it's some type of healing capacity or like whatever it is they would get recognized as having you know gifts and be taken under the wing by the shaman or elder yes yes to develop those skills yes and it's like Mm. hey it's not an easy road and you're not more Mm. special than anyone you're not you know you're not this like you know famous healer or whatever but that's your role to play in the community like that Mm -hmm. that's so we're going to look after you and help you with the ups and downs of that. Yeah. So you can play that role for us because it's about the community actualization. Yeah. Right? So yes. understanding that, I then look, you know, you look very yeah. at our Western world particularly, and that's like, well, where is that? There's no rites of passage in mm. our adolescence. There's no mentoring like that. I'm getting goosebumps. Too. Yes. Like there's no elders. There's no village. There's no adults. We have like beautiful teachers who I think are the same, like as what you're talking about in child protection, teachers who are trying to do amazing work within the system with their hands tied behind their backs because they're trying to reach all these curriculum goals and all these kids are struggling. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. how do you help these, these kids, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of saw that a lot with my clients and realized that my work was kind of becoming this kind of home base, nearly this like, hey, like, I see your gifts. Like, you know, let's like unlearn everything you learned about that being a pain point and and let me show you how it's actually your greatest gift, right? Yeah. Not from this egotistical place. I think that's really important to to land because everyone's intuitive right there's no yeah yeah but it's like is it is it meant to be developed in this lifetime is probably the best question to be sort of tuning into like if that's their like you're saying if that is what they're meant to do for the community and um and if not then if is that gonna move into something else because it has been developed and that's really none of our business but if you (laughs) you know but our but our recognition of that is our business i believe it's a social responsibility to recognize the gifts in each other and a lot of that isn't happening that is for sure no that's right yeah and it's so once again that's so healing it's like being seen right and helping yeah uh, like what I ultimately do is help people understand themselves and it's like Mm. through and that's through a wound of myself of not understanding you know this world and I love that wound I love that wound for you isn't that a beautiful wound so (laughs) beautiful right because we seek and we seek until right Absolutely. This point. So yeah, so I'm I'm really interested in developing what I call natural born mentors, mm. and it's really from like those humans who've always felt they're here to naturally help, you know. And yeah, in the modern day kind of shaman world, or you know, it, Monday world, it looks like that they've been the person who their friends always go to for advice, you know, mm. that they're the person who's just always kind of played that natural counseling role. Um, or and they may work in the field or they may be like working something totally different um, but they've always just felt inclined to help or you know they're, they're that person in that field so yeah. it's really beautiful to actually provide a model that's not clinical that's not coaching but is drawing on that natural mentoring in a modern day way to go hey mm-hmm. look, if you do want to work with other people there's 
ethical practice. Yes, definitely. Yes. And there's the shadow side, right, of the of the person who's caring for people because if one only gets their esteem from that, then there is a belief that if I'm not this, then I'm I'm nothing. And so it's isn't it it's about um, balancing that shadow aspect as well. I um you know to 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 make sure that they don't a burn out or just put all their I guess self love in that one basket for themselves. Exactly. Yeah, it's a big piece of work that I do with people, and I had to really deconstruct for myself. You know, I call it like mm-hmm. the savior victim. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, uh, um, archetype really, and it's yeah. So it's and you know when we're playing the savior, we're also playing the victim. Like they're they're hand in hand. So it's like, and it's so it really challenges people when they sit with it because it's like if they're willing to save people, there's part of them that's also wanting to be saved. Exactly. Yeah. So there is, but identifying it is so powerful, and it's not like an overnight thing where you just wake up and like no. freak out like it is a dismantling. Yeah. <laughs> of all of that um but gosh it's freeing and yes it means that your worthiness is not derived from your capacity to help others and that's what i mean about it doesn't make you know it doesn't make you better than being a healer it's that's that's a role that doesn't make you worthy being that it doesn't make you unworthy right like if if we're uh outsourcing our worthiness to who we are and how much we help that's a very dark path to lead and, and well a lot of us do that, which is why we end up burnt out, exactly, and resentful, and and parenting through guilt. You know, which is as toxic as uh, being a, a avoidant parent. You know, parenting through guilt and trying to make everything all right for our kids all the time, and and things to be loved really, so that we feel that we're we're loved. And I think that that that's where it crosses the boundaries, and um, and it's really, really good that you're acknowledging all that in that mentoring because of for natural leaders because those are the things that are going to come up. Um, I did a meditation in level three of lightworker practitioner training where we call it in um, enlightening the lightworker shadow, mm. and um, it was about that very thing of where am I? Where could something be hiding here for me um, that I need to look at so that I'm not. Um, just coming from that perspective on saviour all the time, I'm here to rescue and I'm here because you're broken and that's not true um, at all. Like, you know, we are an impulse to, I think, light uh, how to see, you know, we see them and, 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 and provide an example of holding that space so that they can see themselves and then once they can to be able to shine the light on all the dark bits that also come with that and to also love them and to understand them so that those aren't unconsciously working in the background, burning us out um, and leading to the, the toxic behaviours of that other, that other aspect of being a, a, a guiding light here. Yeah, I love that. So beautiful. And that's just that piece of work that we do as mentors, to that self-awareness, the emotional awareness to, um, yeah, to, to kind of, know ourselves really like to, to not know our, ourselves, and I think it's so helpful for um and necessary for mentors to continue having mentors you know I think in psych there's some great things in like the psych field and um that whole industry around you know required supervision and you know some of the ethical practices are so structured in there which are actually really great right um and I think some of that's really missing from, from coaching, you know, like the, there's lots of mental, you know, mental health being addressed in coaching. 
through in the like innovative ways but there's also as you said this like um re-traumatization happening from coaches not having that support not knowing how to fully hold space not knowing what transference is in relationship you know like I've been so like <laughs> taken back from some of the stuff in coaching where it's like charging you know fifteen thousand dollars whatever for a client and then firing them because they didn't show up and which is all like once again um I so get, you know, how coaching is supporting the evolution and, and, and some coaches are just here to keep working with the, the people who are evolving up here. So I so get that and, and understand and appreciate that. But this idea of like it's happening at it's happening all levels, just that that non um, that lack of understanding around how trauma and self-protection, you know, stops us from showing up and and plays yeah. out in these containers and and gets projected onto us as as therapists. And that happens mm-hmm. as coaches as well. Like mummy mummy issues and daddy issues are projected onto us like left, right, and center. Yeah. But without the the deep awareness of how to deal with that, you know, if you're just on a you know one week coaching certificate or whatever it is, do you know what I mean? There's like that's what I see is really lacking. So the coaches get upset and hurt and put in all their boundaries and and likewise with the clients. So yeah, it's a big piece. It's just a big piece. And what I'm finding is the people who are seeking me now, reaching out, desire. I guess I've seen similar things. And are really desiring the ethical practice piece. You know, they they know they want yeah. to help others, but they want to do it well. You know, they, yeah. they want to be part of the solution, not the problem. So, like yeah. you said, like the consciousness is increasing. Like, I think we're all like, for me, I'm not angry at anyone or whatever. Like, I think we're all just doing our best. Like, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So, I think yeah. cool. Let's just keep, you know, kind of like I was in the other system, like let's keep doing better. Like let's keep doing better. And I'm not striving for any utopia because that's ridiculous, but it's like, there's this idea of protopia and it fits most, um, most with, with kind of my definitions and understanding and um, I guess adoration for this concept of bold imperfection, right. Where it's like, Mm. let's just embrace all of us. So that protopia is just like, how do we do like 1% better each day? Nice. Yeah. Human as a society, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like within yeah. protection, wherever it is, like within education, like instead of, and that's what, like, like you're saying it, like it can just feel so hopeless, like that you, when we look out to the world, like how do we make that change? And that's like, well, what if we all just did that, like 1% where we looked at ourselves, yeah. we our shared a little bit more honestly, like just 1% every day, yeah. you know, looked at what we could do in our systems, just 1%. So I like yeah. that. And I think that's real. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it gives us, I guess, stretches us in other ways where we're having to exercise more compassion for progress. Yes, yeah. And and forgive the past, well, no, remove judgment, uh, another word for forgiveness, um, the parts of ourselves that are stumbling along and that we're noticing we've done that or we say to ourselves we'd never do that, but the reality is is that we probably have. Um mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's exercising a different muscle for us um, and growing a different part of our spiritual selves and expansion. Um, yeah, so it's it's an interesting time that we live in. I'm retired now, so I'm doing this as a hobby. Um, and the reason why, you know, not doing it for the money, not doing it for, because I don't need it. And I'm just prayed about it and got the big, strong message, do what you need to do to grow you. 
and all the ripples come from that um, and the, the power in that is huge and that's not narcissistic at all. It's simply what do I need, like it's the opposite. It's like what do I actually need to focus on? And, um, and so then I'm reaching out to people that I believe can contribute to something for my growth a little bit like supervision in that right way even though I'm not putting myself in a in any kind of relationship it's a very equal relationship it's a village thing and it's just about acknowledging the contributions taking them into my heart space um seeing if anything needs to be chatted about from my end or shared you know when we're called to share something it's it's often for the greater good um and it is about storytelling in a big way what I'm doing because um that's what we're doing kind of all the time (laughs) Um, and the other, yeah, so I'm, I just feel like really strongly that, um, we are always on that continual, um, spectrum of growing different parts of ourselves and, and we're called to do that in different ways. And I've been called to come back to doing it in a way I did it a few years ago in this phase of my life because for some reason it's both comfortable but expansive that's the best way I can put it so I can put all my talents to use I can say all my knowledge but it's also expanding me as well mm. yeah stunning I love it yeah yeah <laughs> reminds me of um I, I just love all of it because as you said like it's all storytelling like we're constantly mm. telling ourselves stories right like so yeah. I mean, it's like how do we become better storytellers like for our mm. life, life is mm. the story of who we are yeah. um so it's a real art I think to tell courageous life like tell a courageous story of life right um but yeah I wrote this post at the start of this um, oh I've got it and I'm gonna read it yeah <laughs> I've got the whole thing about your intention for this year is it yeah, that, that one? Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna read it that is on my I've got it there it is oh, so great. freaking powerful I was gonna actually say to you um, by the way, I'm going to read this thing later and I, and I totally forgot about it, but it's sitting there and I just cannot wait because um, when the, the Paris story is this, is that, and, and I, I heard this the other day and I'm not, I don't have the language for it, but I can kind of communicate it. But it's when someone is telling their story, your neurons where somebody would be teaching you something, they're not trying to teach you something, they're just sharing your neurons and your neuro pathways are the same ones that are being activated in that other person. They're being activated in you. So the power in storytelling is not just fluffy woo-woo. It's actually neurologically healing. So I, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it now because we're, everybody's probably going, what the hell is this? <laughs> so I'm going to read it. So take a minute, everybody, sit back and relax, and um, I'm going to share Tessa Alexa Stanford's wish for 2023 and beyond. Mm -hmm. My wish for 2023 and beyond is such a simple wish. Yet I found the most beautiful and profound things in life are often the most simple. For 2023 and beyond, I wish to be me, to know and experience myself, my true self, to be the most Tessa Alexa Stanford I can be, boldly imperfect, wildly authentic, open-hearted, to be the most inspired, curious, compassionate, creative version of me, to like myself, to enjoy myself, to express myself, to evolve myself, 
to be honest when I identify perceived limitations in being my truest self and to be courageous and in transcending these limitations, to open my heart to greater depths of presence, of love, intimacy, of experience, to explore consciousness through my humanity, to express my divine uniqueness through this temporary expression of humanness, to create only what, sorry, to create what I only I can create, to speak in the voice only I can speak, to walk the path that is only mine to walk, to help others in only the way I can help. It's such a simple wish. It's such a simple spell I'm casting out to the universe with these words to be me. And although it seems very me-centered, I've learned by now that the way I can best exp- I can best be in relationship to others and the way I can best contribute to the world is in my willingness to embrace and express my truest self. There is no greater inner fulfillment and no greater external impact on others than when I'm operating from this place. Anything that takes me away from this place is a distraction. I choose to live on purpose, knowing there is no grand purpose over there outside ourselves. Our purpose is to be us, to know love, to experience the full range of human emotion, to learn from contrast, to be in awe of of the mystery, to deepen our trust, faith and conviction, to remember our wholeness, to express our uniqueness, to create and contribute in only the way we can uniquely can. Our joy exists here, right here, right now, in these moments, when we simplify, when we stop avoiding ourselves, stop distracting ourselves, and instead simply dare to embrace and express all that we truly are. It's beautiful. Oh, I love that you read that out. Thank you. It's so powerful when I read it to myself and I heard it in my own mind. I went, this cannot not be shared. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's so boom. Uh, and it's so relevant to what we're just talking about. I was like, oh, I thought about it and you said it. I'm like, oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you for getting it, you know. Like I think, you know, that could inspire some people, but I think those who have know the path and walk their own path and do the inner work, really deeply understand that when we shift internally everything else shifts like that's the medicine like and if we try and skip it and we try and focus on the thing over here or there it just crumbles like if it's just building stuff on illusion if we haven't cleared that energy in, in here or not doing it from the greatest kind of place of of love and truth within us so yeah thank you for getting it so deeply it's really beautiful you're very welcome. And I'm glad I did it boldly and imperfectly. <laughs> the only way, you know what, like, is the perfect, like, sub-story to that. Last night um, or yesterday, like, I spent the whole day, like, business planning and just, like, downloading, like, kind of ideas. So I was in a very creative oh, space. And I had, awesome. like, putting, I'm pointing at my walls. So it's just, like, covered in coloured <laughs> paint and all this beautiful stuff. And I, um, I'm working in a workshop and I'm going to do for 2023 with a similar vibe to that but um I had this, this glass of like rosé at the end of the day and I had oh I saw that too <laughs> this is hilarious so I'm just like because that I really like I didn't just write that post and around like being me without meaning it like that really deeply is my wish like so I'm really leaning into that and just like sharing more of me in all ways and I share a lot of me anyway but just 
some things that maybe I wouldn't or I just like would be like that's a nice idea like or you know not everything's yeah. in this book you know and yeah. but last night I was just like yeah I've shared something around you know I'm listening to this song and drinking this and instead of like yeah a beach retreat like this is what I want to do like a country yeah. retreat with this and that and just shared all the bits of it that I would love and that yeah. I get out here in the country um and the response was just I couldn't stop laughing I was just like but then like within moments like that then the whole idea of course I just received it all mm -hmm. and I was like all right well this is a thing and I like planned the planned it like and did another place and I literally have like 10 people coming to this country retreat you know this uncoaching country retreat that yep. was just from that space of my true self-expression like being in, in like divine um, communion like my unique communion with the divine yep. is what I say you know like that's just yep. I love that place of creation. Like we don't have to be content creators or yeah. um, entrepreneurs, whatever, to access that or to, to benefit from that beautiful experience. And, you know, that's just that, that, that experiencing that, that love all throughout the day and that, you know, yeah. all those moments unfolding and the synchronicity, like it's just yeah. to me, it's like a magic thing about being human when you really get to play with that energy. Like that for me is like, that true self-expression. Like it's, yeah, it's co-creation. Yeah. Honey, I'm my favorite thing on a Friday night is having a couple of glasses of wine and then going upstairs. I've got a rooftop spa and dancing to the spa with the music turned up loud. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I'm I'm just so lucky to have a spa that actually comes up to here. Oh. Like when you're standing, comes up to here. So I think we can yeah. dance and Tony and I just dance around the spa and have a great time. And we're yeah. just so lucky because most Friday nights it's um after about eight o'clock, it's there's no one up there. So we just have it to ourselves yeah. for about an hour. So I'm I'm if I'm all about the singing, all about the dancing, and all about the laughing. Like you know how they have that thing. If when was last time that that, that thing where oh, the person's sick and they go to see the elder in the community and and they don't, don't know where the origin of their sickness is, and he asks them three questions: When was the last time you laughed? When was the last time you sang? When was the last time you danced? Yeah. And I'm I think that's a really a big huge symbol of our healing is when we are able to laugh and let it out and dance and sing and I'm always singing all the time I'm singing if I'm not singing out loud I'm singing in my head um I think that's that replaces that a lot of the negative tape and programming that used to swirl around and um it's just not it's an empty space there so there has to be some music play <laughs> turn on the disco music people let's yeah, do this yeah. oh, I love this yeah and once again it's like the simple things are the most profound right like mm. what happened before all this like we're just so filled with information and things and what we should be doing and plus all our, our stories so it's like go back to basics like it's yeah. have fun like it's meant to be fun here like I loved it I I I, I clicked boom on your post because I was like oh, boom um because I was like yeah credence water revival and uh you know let's do this it's just it's it's great it's all fantastic mm. I think that it gives people that levity and safety at the same time so they know they're safe but they also know that this is about also Yes, we explore the darkness, but then there's also this other aspect where we're at, we're at alive, and I think that also helps people to let it out. Like I remember in my early twenties, I used to go to um, do some um, self uh, self development courses with um, a lady called Shirley Smith, and it was called Recovery Resources. And um, we had inner child workshops, we had family systems workshops, we had self esteem workshops, we had all these workshops, relationship workshops, all based on 
um, family systems recovery and inner child work and John Bradshaw and all that sort of good uh, stuff that you go down and heal your child and all this. But at the end of every session, we would be singing and dancing to a song. And that's when a lot of the tears would flow. That's when a lot of the the energy would move that you thought, oh, I'm sitting here and I just can't move this energy. And then that's when it would actually move when we actually were in the joy and that or even the, there was a few songs that we'd sing and a few would be maybe take us to another place but then lift us. And, yeah, it's very powerful what you what you posted in, yeah, in, in that love, post. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, um, it just and it's what I needed ultimately, like, you know, to mm. part of my huge integration, you know, in 2020 and uh, with, COVID and my dad, obviously my dad uh, died from cancer. So it kind of brought me back um, to the region, you know, to be spending more time with him. But I I never thought I'd move back to the country, but it was, it's been such a huge piece of my integration and bringing everything Mm -hmm. full circle. And like, there's a simplicity that exists in the country and on the land, which and my dad was always trying to teach me it. Like, it was always like, just want you to be happy. And it was a very simple man. And I, it was like, in my mind, I was like, nope, there's answers out there. I need to go find them. Like, it's not as simple as this. Like, I got to go everywhere. It's got to be hard. It's got to be complex. I got to learn everything. But I come back, you know, here and I'm just like, right. Like, yeah, it's just about like having fun. And how can I, how can I be an everyday human? Like, and yes, mm. have a the depth that I have and still you know, and have fun like and I hold all my spaces like that and so unspoken events are very much in that frequency so it's a, a frequency of celebration and I, I've been getting a lot of feedback about this from the events which I love that this is like really being picked up on you know people are saying like hey that was like a really deep it's like some deep stuff in there and yet it was so like fun and heart-opening and heartwarming and just light so because that's who I am and I never felt, you know, I never felt like I could fit in the world because I was so deep but also I just wanted to have fun, like, you know, as yeah. a kid, yeah. all, all of me. And so it's like I just had to create that world where I can do all the deep stuff and have a good time doing it, like, you know. Love and, that. Um, yeah, so these events are also that. Like it's, I know when we had the Country Gala um, here last year, the Unspoken, it, yeah, it was all the deep stories and then we had an amazing DJ and, you know, old country songs or just singing and, you know, and just like so what I love as well about that particular, like those events is similar to how I've been talking about this kind of perceived separate worlds that kind of mm. were operating in the system and spirituality. Like I saw, I guess, I, well, I guess I know I did. I created the event that I wanted to go to because I was like, you know, there's like I could go to the pub on a Friday night here or I could like drive somewhere a few hours away and like go go to a cacao ceremony and like how the moon. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I love a bit of both of those, but like they yeah. don't actually fulfill me. Like I want to be in the pub but having deep conversations and maybe a shot of cacao. And I also want that shot of tequila and to have a good sing and dance. Like yeah. that's what I want to live in. Like I want to live in a world yeah. where they aren't separate, where it's not all people going to the pub like, scared to talk about their emotions and mm-hmm. all trying to be like this exactly yeah i don't want to go to the to the beach with the moon and the cacao where we forget that we're meant to yes. be here do you know what i mean yeah uh, absolutely 100 percent. if you're ever in flounder on a friday night rooftops bar wine rosé yeah. <laughs> i'm keen 
Got the boombox. Take the boombox up. We are eclectic music-wise. We'll do disco, country, blues, rock and roll, grunge, hot psychedelic, whatever, ever, and any of mine, whatever it is, it's all good. Um, You might have a whole thing here. Be careful. You might need to be, it might be a ticket of the event soon enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and so when I... This is one question, too, that you ask everybody that you, it's a bit of a spoiler alert that you put on your Facebook page, but I love it. And you you ask people when they come to you, um, this this at some point during the conversation. So I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna ask you, and, and the purpose behind it is obviously to figure out what, what's brought them to this point. Um, and the question is, um, why are we here? And you ask that to them. I'd like to ask you that. Just to- <laughs> I see what you're doing here and I appreciate that. <laughs> what are we doing here? Oh. Mm, there's lots of things and answers I could give you from my head. But ultimately, oh, I think it's just to share love to share my unique expression of love on this planet and to bring some realness to that expression that uh, yeah in the hope that anyone who's watching this can be inspired to come back into their heart and to really play with their own true self-expression that whatever those kind of layers of true self-suppression are that's our divine privilege to work through and that they often like are the greatest gifts so mm. it's not something to be avoided like we get to go there and uh like we haven't touched on all like all the things um you know my experiences we don't need to like we've just talked about all the creations but they've they, I didn't wake up one day and create all this stuff and be this person that goes through all the struggles so much and personally and professionally that got me here. So, yeah, I think that's It's like, yeah, it's like um, it might have kind of come from a place of um, the, the parts that we really think need to speak, speak out, but the truth is all the parts need to speak out, the parts that want to party, the parts that want to sing and dance, the, you know, all the parts that want to not have a divided world the you know and I, I think that that that's it's it's a beautiful it's a it feels like an evolution and it, and it feels like it's really growing into something more than itself which I thought it might because um often these things do they take on a life of their own mm. and they fulfill the purpose that that we think they thought we thought we we thought they did but there's more <laughs> exactly exactly it's um yeah, I think ultimately this and anything I'm sharing, like I would love it to be a permission slip and all the events I here create like a permission slip to be our true self. Do you know what I mean? To yes. to find out. And even if we don't know who that is, that's totally fine. Like okay. that's mm-hmm. the quest and it's no, it's no like race. It's an adventure. It's no, it's an adventure, adventure. right? Mm-hmm. Life. Like what else are we going to do on this planet? Like mm-hmm. for me, it's all adventure of life and love and it's, rich like in our learning and all that contrast like the pain and the what I call true self-suppression that's rich material for us to express ourselves to be heard to create what only we can create you know to speak in the voice only we can speak like those words that you read of mine before um 
and for sure like unspoken and all my creations and creatives certainly know this but I've, I found it particularly with well of all my creations but a different feel with unspoken is that uh <laughs> it's absolutely healing for me as well yes yeah yeah and I uh, consistently wanted to put all these other people on stage and just have a little time on stage and what I found each each event and just through the whole process is that there's no escaping this like it is through my healing it's through my willingness to put myself on stages or to share this message and be this boldly imperfect very freaking imperfect human and share all of me and let myself be loved that is demonstrating a new way you know that creates a space for speakers to come up to, to you know for people to be there for what how you know however big this goes for people for you know for us to go hey like it's possible like I was terrified and I didn't want to share all these parts of me like I've had people in the room you know from all walks of my life you know where I couldn't escape anything you know it's the most like terrifying things that I've had to do is you know get up in these rooms and, and hold these spaces and have like kind of the audacity to say this hey this might work um yet that's the gift in itself and I think without even doing any of my teachings just like witnessing that and being in the experience of courage itself like is so healing and so inspiring it is well done Kessa I celebrate you all of you all the bits every bit (laughs) um and and how can people find you just before we sign off so that if they want to grab onto um any events um where's the best place to yeah lovely yeah tessaalexa.com uh yeah everything's on there at tessa underscore alexa on ig or you'll probably see my name here tessa alexa stanford that's on facebook and by the way everybody it's alexa is a-l-e-x-a that's the correct spelling yes and stanford is s-t-a-n finelli f-o-r-d so if you need to um find um the beautiful tessa alexa stanford um that's the correct spelling (laughs) Um, well, thank you so much for um, sharing all of you. I've, I've totally enjoyed it and it's so resonated with me because uh, I'm here growing me, you're over there growing you and and uh, just in doing that we're, um, yeah, we're creating community and I think it's a, a beautiful, it's a beautiful example of bold, bold imperfection um, and uh, that we're both expanding through that and that's, a, that's really inspiring I think for anybody who's listening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love our chats. I love these spaces with you. So thank you. Thank you, lovely. Okay, everybody. Well, we're heading off to um, finishing another episode now, and we'll see you next time on Enlightened Conversations. Bye for now. Bye.